Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. That's a pretty big ballot. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. It absolutely I'm ain't. so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in Red Bluff and Redding, California, on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX. Jamesville, Wisconsin's WADR and Minneapolis, St. Paul's. AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day. On the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all or most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us on a uh, another dark day in these United States. Let me see if I've got the past 24 hours or so straight. Even though the Constitution refers very clearly to the right of states to well-regulate the right to bear arms, specifically the right for militias to bear arms, states like New York, California, Massachusetts, several other states, in fact, no states, as a matter of fact, may actually enforce regulations that well regulate whether their residents may bear them in public on their streets. That is somehow a violation of the Constitution. On the other hand, states that choose to force women to carry out their pregnancies, whether the woman wants to have a child or not, whether a woman can afford to have a child or not, whether a woman or young girl can afford to be pregnant for nine months or not, even if those women and girls have been raped, are the victims of incest, sex trafficking, or any other form of abuse, in those cases, states are free to force those women to bear children. 100-year-old 
state laws protecting residents from gun violence are unconstitutional, despite the clear language of the Second Amendment allowing the bearing of arms to be, quote, well-regulated, but well-established constitutional freedoms of privacy and reproductive freedoms enshrined 50 years ago by Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices. Those are rights that can be taken away by a corrupted, stolen, and packed Supreme Court majority of Republicans who only sit on the bench because for the first time in our nation's history, Republicans abolished their cherished filibuster in the U.S. Senate in order to pack three far-right justices into lifetime appointments on the bench after blocking a Democratic president's nominee for a full year to seat one of those justices in a bare majority vote after claiming it had been just too close to a presidential election to allow a vote on Barack Obama's nominee, then seating a second far-right justice with a history of sexual assault allegations against women, then seating a third far-right extremist activist justice just eight days before the Republican who nominated her would lose his election to another Democrat. Three justices packed onto the bench by a corrupt Republican Party nominated by the most corrupt president in the more than 250-year history of our nation. Century-old laws specifically supported by the actual text of the Constitution for elected officials in the states to protect their own citizenry from gun violence. That is gone half-century-old, constitutionally established rights to privacy and bodily autonomy for women, that is also now gone, all in just 24 hours, thanks to the unelected, corrupted, rogue, packed, stolen, and extremist, radical, not conservative, but extremist and radical, and activist U.S. Supreme Court majority created by a corrupt, unprecedented political process invented by one party to allow minority rule over the majority. Do I have that right? They are not conservative. They are not strict constitutionalists. They are not simply calling balls and strikes and interpreting the law and the Constitution. They are making it up as they go to justify their radical political opinions and those of the people who purchased their seats on the high court for them. Make no mistake, this is not about constitutional freedoms or democracy, or the will of the people. This is about a corrupted nation bought and sold with billions of dollars allowed under previous corrupt Supreme Court rulings, by the way, which are now forced on the nation in which a majority of voters oppose that corruption, where and when at least they are even allowed to understand just how corrupt it is, which is no e easy feat. Thanks to the corruption of our public discourse over our public airwaves, yes, corrupted by those same corrupt forces and funding. A majority compromised of unelected, corruptly appointed justices with lifetime appointments, no matter how corrupt, is now able to wage war against the very nation and the very constitution that they pretend to support and defend even as they undermine both. 
There is no there's there's nothing small D democratic about what happened here. And it has nothing to do with protecting rights and freedoms except for the well-moneyed interests who wish to take them away, take away those rights from we, the people. And, make no mistake, love them or hate them, it is just one of two major political parties which has worked unceasingly to make these rulings possible over decades via an unwavering campaign of corruption over those decades. Oh, and that unelected, rogue, corrupted, stolen, and packed Supreme Court has not yet declared that the co-equal executive branch is disallowed from protecting the American people from pollution that is slowly but surely destroying humanity itself on planet Earth. But that corrupt opinion in West Virginia versus EPA, well, that one is likely coming very soon, likely within days. Brace yourself. On our previous broadcast, I had to quickly sort of just wave at the court's ruling, striking down the right for elected officials in the states to well regulate the concealed bearing of arms in public spaces due to our special coverage of the fifth day of House January 6th committee hearings documenting how the corrupt president who appointed three corrupt Supreme Court justices who made all of this possible tried to then corruptly destroy the U.S. Department of Justice itself in order to steal a presidential election from the American people. Yes, that guy we have to thank for today. But you should know that that court in an opinion uh, by its easily most corrupt justice, Clarence Thomas, completely ignored the well-regulated part of the Second Amendment right for members of a state militia to bear arms when the Republican justices struck down a 100-year-old New York gun law requiring that license applicants for concealed carrying weapons show, quote, proper cause to carry that concealed weapon outside of their home. And, of course, that ruling was nothing short of radical. Thomas writes that only regulations that echo those from near the country's founding, you know, when Justice Thomas would have been held in, in chains as a slave, only those rights that were in existence long ago are the legitimate rights and that government interests like the safety of its citizens, well, that is not enough without a historic analog for these rights. To justify its regulation, the government may not simply posit that the regulation promotes an important interest, Thomas wrote. Rather, the government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. Unquote. Really? Since when? And, I guess, 100 years of historical tradition, that is not enough? Only if a firearm regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition may a court conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment's unqualified command. Which unqualified command, Justice Thomas? The command that the right to bear arms shall be well-regulated? Clarence, after that decision came down, uh, according to UCLA uh, law professor Adam Winkler, who is one of the country's top experts on gun laws, 
he noted the ruling could also affect a new bipartisan gun safety bill that the Senate passed on Thursday and the House passed on Friday and that will soon be signed by the president. That bill would encourage states to implement so-called red flag laws, which allow firearms to be temporarily confiscated from those who are deemed by a court, for example, to be a risk to themselves or to others. That bill would also close the so-called boyfriend loophole, which is a gap in federal law that currently allows some documented domestic abusers to keep their weapons anyway. Well, after the decision, Winkler noted, quote, the court's Second Amendment ruling calls into question key parts of this new gun bill. He notes that Thomas says only gun regulations consistent with historical regulation of guns are permissible. But red flag laws, well, those are a modern invention. So, too, bans on domestic abusers. Are they unconstitutional as well? Well, maybe. Thomas argues, quote, the government must affirmatively prove that its firearm regulations... Regulation is part of the historical tradition that delimits the outer bounds of the right to keep and bear arms. And please help me here, but where in the Constitution or any law of the land is it written that our constitutional rights must have an an historical tradition dating back to the founding of the country? Oh, that's right. Nowhere. Nowhere. Is there such a commandment in the Constitution or the law? Justice Thomas and his fellow corrupt, radical Republican appointees have made up that claim out of whole cloth to make it easier to take away states' rights to well-regulate the right to bear arms and to remove a host of all sorts of other well-established constitutional rights and the court's own long-settled precedent, precedents which, as was clear with Thomas's opinion, would next be used to demolish pretty much anything and everything else that they now feel like demolishing, no matter how well established by the court's own previous precedents, because now they've simply made this whole history thing up. They've made it up in order to do so, in order to cancel, yes, cancel any rights that they feel like they don't like. This is what comes of an unaccountable, rogue, corrupted, stolen, and packed high court. And this is why the court must be unpacked and expanded to reflect the actual electorate that they are now actually preying upon. California, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode Island all have similar laws to the one in New York which was struck down on Thursday and which now must be struck down uh, in all of those states thanks to the radical and unconstitutional ruling by the high court. And it comes at a particularly painful time, as New York's governor noted, when the state is still mourning the deaths of 10 people in a mass shooting at a supermarket in Buffalo. In a dissent joined by his liberal colleagues, Justice Stephen Breyer focused on the toll taken by gun violence since the start of this year alone. He notes uh, that there have already been 277 reported mass shootings, an average of more than one per day. Those numbers are likely to rise even further 
Supreme Court reporter and constitutional law expert Mark Joseph Stern told me just a few days ago when discussing this expected opinion from the court, predicting correctly that they would declare the right to carry deadly firearms anywhere, anytime, in any state as sacrosanct and... That right cannot be infringed without a very strong interest uh, from the government, which the court will then explain does not really exist. And in doing so, will unleash, I think, a wave of violence in states like California and New York that have these pretty strict limits on concealed carry that will be attributable to the Supreme Court. But of course, the court will be in its own uh, sort of palace, you know, surrounded by guards and fences. Mm-hmm. And so the justices will not have to face the lethal consequences of their own ruling. No, they won't. And that is where the uh... Uh, justices are today in their palace behind the fences. But the voters and uh, accountable elected officials who believe otherwise, of course, well, they can be damned. As I noted on our previous broadcast, the court's decision on the New York gun law is wildly out of step with public opinion, which just one out of 10 voters in the 2020 presidential election, according to AP's huge vote cast survey of the electorate, Just one out of 10 believe that gun laws should be less strict than they were in 2020. But again, the Supreme Court does not answer to the electorate. They answer to apparently no one. In that same way, ignoring the will of the electorate and making up new historical requirements for constitutional rights, completely out of whole cloth, the same corrupt and stolen Republican majority overturned the 1973 landmark Roe v. Wade decision and 1992's Planned Parenthood v. Casey ruling that further affirmed Roe's right to privacy and reproductive freedom in strict opposition to the American electorate and the Constitution. The, uh, those rogue justices overturned both of those longstanding opinions. In a survey conducted by the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation just last month, a nearly 80 percent majority, 79 percent of the American people oppose making it a crime for women to get abortions. Eighty percent oppose making it a crime to cross state lines to access abortion. And yet in a six to three majority opinion written by Justice Sam Alito, states may now do exactly that. Quote, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives, Alito wrote. Sure, it is returned to the people and their elected representatives in the states. But those states, as I suspect all of our listeners know by now, have been gerrymandered to prevent the people from having the right in most cases to make such determinations with majorities, according to the Kaiser Foundation, who oppose the criminalization of abortion. Even in 17 states where abortion is now illegal, now that Roe has been overturned. The U.S. Supreme Court decision overturning the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision paves the way for about half of the 50 states to ban or heavily restrict women's access to abortions immediately or almost immediately. The first restrictions will take effect in 13 states. 
with so-called trigger laws designed to be enacted once the ruling is struck down. Some trigger laws ban abortions almost completely. Others will outlaw abortion after six weeks or 15 weeks. How quickly those trigger laws go into effect varies from state to state. Some will be quite rapid. For example, Arkansas's trigger law takes effect as soon as the state attorney general certifies that Roe has in fact been overturned. In Texas, a near-total ban on abortion will go into effect 30 days after the Supreme Court decision. The states with trigger laws where abortion will be either banned or extremely limited almost immediately include Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. Pregnant women considering an abortion already were dealing with a near-complete ban in Oklahoma and a prohibition after roughly six weeks in Texas. Clinics in at least two other states, Wisconsin and West Virginia, stopped performing abortions immediately after Friday's decision. The Guttmacher Institute estimates a total of 26 U.S. states are certain or likely to ban abortion, leaving women in large swaths of the U.S. Southwest and Midwest without any nearby access to the medical procedure. In their dissent, the court's remaining three liberal justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, they wrote, quote, with sorrow, For this court, but more for the many millions of American women who have today lost a fundamental constitutional protection, we dissent. Going on to warn that abortion opponents now could pursue a nationwide ban, quote, from the moment of conception and without exceptions for rape or incest. The Biden administration, and I'll share uh, his remarks today shortly, and other defenders of abortion rights have warned that a decision overturning Roe now paves the way for the removal of other long-settled rights under the very same right to privacy that was established by the courts over the past decades when it comes to intimate matters, including LGBTQ plus rights and, yes, even contraception, uh, contraception rights. Indeed, with Alito's edict... Stripping Americans of their 14th Amendment right to privacy, any and all personal freedoms that are not explicitly mentioned in the 233-year-old Bill of Rights is now in the legal crosshairs. If they weren't mentioned, if they didn't exist in our history at the, tra- at the beginning of our nation, then there will be no rights uh, uh, to those uh, things. That is what the court, the so-called conservative court, has determined. The court's non-corrupted justices uh, made that point about these concerns in their joint dissent, writing that the majority, quote, eliminates a 50-year-old constitutional right that safeguards women's freedom and equal station. It breaches a core rule of law principle designed to promote constancy in the law. In doing all of that, they note, it places in jeopardy other rights from contraception to same-sex intimacy and marriage. And finally, they note, it undermines the court's legitimacy. And I would argue that legitimacy is long gone. 
But as to those other freedoms, make no mistake, this is not an academic exercise, not an academic argument from the liberals. Those rights are now on the chopping block. That is not a scare tactic. Justice Thomas himself wrote as much today in a separate opinion, explicitly calling on his colleagues to put the Supreme Court's same-sex marriage decision a gay gay sex decision contraceptive uh, contraception decisions to put all of those cases on the table he said that the court must now reconsider griswold lawrence and obergefell the rulings that now protect the use of contraception same sex relationships same sex marriage all rights established under the same right to privacy that the majority declared no longer exist at least when it comes to a woman's right to an abortion And make no mistake, GOP-controlled states like Texas, for example, are ready to file their challenges to those rights and freedoms. Just last weekend, the Texas Republican Party's official platform was written to condemn homosexuality altogether, labeling it, quote, an abnormal lifestyle choice. For those of you who never thought the Supreme Court would strike down Roe, I hope you will re-examine your assumptions today about all that I've been talking about. Interestingly, by the way, Justice Thomas did not mention 1967's landmark Loving v. Virginia opinion, in which the court ruled that laws banning interracial marriage violated the same 14th Amendment right to privacy that the majority declared no longer protects things like reproductive rights wonder why Clarence Thomas would ignore that particular opinion when it comes to interracial marriage. Interesting. So what now? Well, the president and the Speaker of the House have some thoughts on that. And yes, it has to do with you and what you are going to do about all of this. Comments from both in response to the historic destruction of Roe v. Wade are next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com slash donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. We seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. It takes paradise, put up a parking lot. Yeah, but somebody's gonna make a lot of money from that parking lot, I suspect, charging people to park there. Welcome back to. Yes, another dark day on the broadcast, and of course in America, thanks to unbridled and unceasing GOP corruption of what is left of our democracy, now hanging by a thread, as we have long warned. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com here on the day they overturned Roe v. Wade. Uh, Desi Doyen, you, uh, good day, by the way. I haven't got yes. to say hello. Uh, you made a point uh, during our break about Sam Alito's ruling in the uh, yes. overturning of Roe. I didn't want to interrupt your flow there because that was uh, a righteous you. rant that explained how we got to here. Mm. So uh, the thing that Harry Littman, uh, university, I forget where he is, law professor, mm-hmm. he noted something in... Uh, 
uh, Alito's opinion. Yeah. He said, note that the Alito opinion in Dobbs does not say that the issue should, quote, be returned to the states. Instead, Alito says that Roe and Casey must be overruled and the authority to regulate abortion must be returned to the people and their elected, elected representatives. Yeah. Right. Now, that wording is not about the states. That wording explicitly allows Congress yep. to regulate their elected representatives is just generic enough yep. to allow Republicans to go forth with what they've already stated they're interested in doing, which is passing a national abortion ban. Indeed. Uh, and that was uh, discussed, I, I believe, uh, I know by Pelosi and perhaps by uh, President Biden as well, uh, with the, with the news, of course, that the un, those unelected, corrupted, radical, extremist Republican justices on a stolen pact, U.S. Supreme Court majority have now decided that they are now able to simply make up unconstitutional reasons out of whole cloth to undermine long established constitutional rights and freedoms for their purely political reasons. Uh, with the overturning of half a century of the right to privacy and re reproductive freedoms previously enshrined by uh, non-corrupt Republican justices in the now overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey decisions. President Joe Biden offered remarks at the White House on this dark day and uh, discussing where the nation must go from here. Today is a... Uh not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Fifty years ago, Roe v. Wade was decided and has been the law of the land since then. This landmark case protected woman's right to choose, her right to make intensely personal decisions with her doctor, free from, from the interference of politics. It reaffirmed basic principles of equality, that women have the power to control their own destiny, and it reinforced a fundamental right of privacy, right of each of us to choose how to live our lives. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. As chairman and ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, as vice president and now as president of the United States, I've studied this case carefully. I've overseen more Supreme Court confirmations than anyone today where this case was always discussed. I believe Roe v. Wade was the correct decision as a matter of constitutional law and application of the fundamental right to privacy and liberty in matters of family and personal autonomy. It was a decision on a complex matter that drew a careful balance between a woman's right to choose earlier in her pregnancy and the state's ability to regulate later in her pregnancy. A decision with broad national consensus that most Americans of faith and backgrounds found acceptable that have been the law of the land for most of the lifetime of Americans today. And it was a constitutional principle upheld by justices appointed by Democrat 
and Republican presidents alike. Roe v. Wade was a 7-2 decision, written by a justice appointed by a Republican president, Richard Nixon. In the five decades that followed Roe v. Wade, justices appointed by Republican presidents from Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, George W. Bush were among the justices who voted to uphold the principles set forth in Roe v. Wade. It was the three justices, named by one president, Donald Trump, who were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. Make no mistake, this decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. The Court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental to so many Americans that had already been recognized. The Court's decision to do so will have real and immediate consequences. State laws banning abortion are automatically taking effect today jeopardizing the health of millions of women, some without exceptions. So extreme that women could be punished for protecting their health. So extreme that women and girls were forced to bear their rapist child. With the child, a consequence. It just, it just stuns me. So extreme that doctors will be criminalized for fulfilling their duty to care. Imagine having a young woman have to, ch to carry a child of incest as a consequence of incest. No option. Too often the case, the poor women are going to be hit the hardest. It's cruel. In fact, the court laid out state laws criminalizing abortion that go back to the 1800s <laughs> as rationale. The court literally taking America back 150 years. This is a sad day for the country, in my view. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. Let me be very clear and unambiguous. The only way we can secure a woman's right to choose and the balance that existed is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as federal law. No executive action from the president can do that. And if Congress, as it appears, lacks the vote to, votes to do that now, voters need to make their voices heard. This fall, we must elect more senators and representatives who will codify women's right to choose into federal law once again. Elect more state leaders to protect this right at the local level. We need to restore the protections of Roe as law of the land. We need to elect officials who will do that. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. Until then, I will do all of my power protect a woman's right in states where they will face the consequences of today's decision. 
While the court's decision cast a dark shadow over a large swath of the land, many states in this country still recognize a woman's right to choose. So, if a woman lives in a state that restricts abortion, the Supreme Court's decision does not prevent her from traveling from her home state to the state that allows it. It does not prevent a doctor in that state, in that state, from treating her. As the Attorney General has made clear, women must remain free to travel safely to another state to seek care they need. My administration will defend that bedrock right. If any state or local official, high or low, tries to interfere with a woman's exercise and her basic right to travel, I will do everything in my power to fight that deeply un-American attack. My administration will also protect a woman's access to medications that are approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, like contraception, which is essential for preventative health care, mifeprestone, which the FDA approved 20 years ago to safely end early pregnancies and is commonly used to treat miscarriages. Some states are saying that they'll try to ban or severely restrict access to these medications. But extremist governors and state legislators are looking to block the mail or search a person's medicine cabinet or control a woman's actions by tracking data on her apps she uses are wrong and extreme and out of touch with the majority of Americans. The American Medical Association, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, wrote to me and Vice President Harris stressing that these laws are not based on are not based on evidence and asking us to act to protect access to care. They say by limiting access to these medicines, maternal mortality will climb in America. That's what they say. Today, I'm directing the Department of Health and Human Services to take steps to ensure these critical medications are available to the fullest extent possible. And the politicians cannot interfere in the decisions that should be made between a woman and her doctor. And my administration will remain vigilant as the implications of this decision play out. I've warned about how this decision risks the broader right to privacy for everyone. That's because Roe recognized the fundamental right to privacy that has served as a basis for so many more rights that have come to take, we've come to take for granted, that are ingrained in the fabric of this country. The right to make the best decisions for your health. The right to use birth control, a married couple in the privacy of their bedroom, for God's sake. The right to marry the person you love. Justice Thomas said as much today, he explicitly called to reconsider the right of marriage equality, the right of couples to make their choices on contraception. This extreme and dangerous path the court is now taking us on. Let me close with two points. First, I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful. Peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. No intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form, 
regardless of your rationale. Second, I know so many of us are frustrated and disillusioned that the court has taken something away that's so fundamental. I know so many women are now going to face incredibly difficult situations. I hear you. I support you. I stand with you. The consequences and the consensus of the American people, core principles of equality, liberty, dignity, and the stability of the rule of law demand that Roe should not have been overturned. With this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how extreme it is, how far removed they are from the majority of this country. They made the United States an outlier among developed nations in the world. But this decision must not be the final word. My administration will use all of its appropriate lawful powers. But Congress must act. And with your vote, you can act. You can have the final word. This is not over. Thank you very much. More to say this in weeks to come. Thank you. Is the Supreme Court broken? He asked. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. That was, of course, President uh, Joe Biden on Friday responding to the corrupt uh, Supreme Court majority canceling longstanding constitutional rights and freedoms uh, for women, for privacy. And that means for all of us. In fact, Justice Thomas, once again, in his uh, separate uh, concurrence, uh, concurring opinion, notes that the uh, court should be uh, should correct, quote, correct the error when it comes to contraception, same sex marriage, although apparently interracial marriage, that's just fine by Clarence for some reason that actually makes no sense at all. If you want to get rid of all of those other laws by the reasoning that was used in Roe v. Wade. Yes, and uh, that is the reasoning that, you know, and obviously they didn't actually need any reasoning, but they're trying their best to create some kind of invented reasoning to make this justification. And the important thing is to also remember, as uh, President Biden referred to it, that these states, these Republican-controlled states, are probably going to move very swiftly, not just to uh, ban certain types of contraception, but to also criminalize miscarriages. Because, of course, abortion is a life-saving procedure in the case of miscarriage or ectopic pregnancy, which can kill the mother if it is not removed. And so that will probably be illegal in many states, and uh, some women will die as a result of this decision. And, of course, you know, contraception, because what these states are uh, pretending to be true is that life begins at fertilization yeah. and much of the contraception used around the country uh, pre- prevents a pregnancy 
after fertilization. It, it can. It doesn't always. But right. the fact that it's Some even it, a yeah. possibility is something that would then be used as the hook to ban all kinds of contraception. And it's also another thing uh, law professor Gina Neff of mm-hmm. Cambridge University says as someone who writes about the politics and economics of uh, tracking software, delete any fertility apps or other kinds of apps that you mm-hmm. women might be using because there is a concern among the Electronic Frontier Foundation and and other uh, types of uh, yeah. data watchdog groups that that data can and will be used Tracked against women. and used against you. And by the way, if you're one of those folks who are ce- uh, you know are still celebrating, hey, reproductive uh, reproductive rights are still available, you know, in other states in some US states, you know, California is not going to cancel cancel them. Uh, so, you know, not all is lost. Well, you know, you may want to hold that champagne. The same corrupt Republican Party will in fact now work toward taking away those states' rights as well, those states' rights which protect the most intimate freedoms and privacy in all 50 states, just as they worked successfully to allow the Supreme Court to cancel the uh, states' rights to protect their residents from gun violence, as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi warned on Friday after the corrupt ruling that overturned Roe. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that. But that's their goal. And if you read, and again, we're all studying all this, but if you read what is in the very clear, one of the justices had his own statement. It's about contraception, in vitro fertilization, family planning, that is all what will spring from their decision that they made today. Such a contradiction. Yesterday, to say the states cannot make laws governing the constitutional right to bear arms, and today they're saying the exact reverse, that the states can overturn a constitutional right for 50 years, a constitutional right for a woman having the right to choose. The hypocrisy is raging, but the harm is endless. What this means to women is such an insult. It's a slap in the face to women about using their own judgment to make their own decisions about their reproductive freedom. And again, it goes well. I always have said the termination of a pregnancy is just their opening act. It's just their front game. But because, but beyond, behind it, and for years, I have seen in this Congress opposition to any family planning, domestic or global, when we have had those discussions and those debates and those votes on the floor of the House. This is deadly serious. Yep, it is. And uh, as uh, she suggests, as the president suggests, this all comes down to us. This all comes down to us uh, this fall for a start, actually during the primaries in the next few weeks and months, uh, but definitely this fall in the midterms for a start. And just as a reminder, I mentioned uh, several weeks ago, just after the court's majority opinion 
draft opinion uh, that it would overturn Roe was publicly leaked. A Yahoo News YouGov survey of more than 1,500 Americans, one of the first to be conducted entirely after the leak of Alito's draft opinion, found that registered voters initially preferred a generic Democrat. 44% over, uh, to 39% over a generic Republican uh, when they were asked how they would vote in their district if the congressional election were held today. That was early May. The Democrat won by five. The generic Democrat won over the generic Republican by five percentage points. But when voters in the very same poll were asked to choose instead between a pro-choice Democrat and a so-called pro-life Republican, well, GOP support fell to 31 percent, from 39 to 31 percent. The Democratic support held steady, and that more than doubled the gap between the two candidates from five points for the Democrat to 13 points in favor of the Democrat. So, no, not all is uh, not all hope is lost here, but only if you show up and vote in November and ignore the so-called conventional wisdom about Democrats getting wiped out this November during the first midterm election while they hold the White House and the barest of majorities in the House and Senate. I will keep saying it until November. And while it certainly could come to pass, it is political malfeasance to count on conventional wisdom coming to pass in these exceedingly, exceedingly unconventional times. Plan your voting strategies now. Help your friends and your family register to vote. Help them check their registration to make sure it doesn't get canceled before the election. Help them get out to vote. Help them apply for an absentee ballot if your state allows them still to do it. Because, you know, the vote, voting rights are also on the ballot. Green News Report is next on the world-famous Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. It has been a rough week. It has. Uh, over the past week or so. Uh, and because of the uh, House hearings, the January 6th House hearings, we've sort of been running behind on our Green News reports. Yes, we have. So we've got uh, we've got our latest Green News report uh, for you here on today's broadcast. A day late, but not a dollar short. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Nonetheless, here it is, our latest Green News report. Today I'm calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next 90 days. President Biden seeks temporary tax cut to lower prices at the pump. Parts of the Arctic warming five times faster than the rest of the planet. Plus, several countries have reported receiving significantly less Russian gas than what 
would be expected in the coming weeks. International Energy Agency warns Europe Russia could shut down gas exports this winter. All of those warnings and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. You heard President Biden asking for a federal gas tax holiday, so how are you going to vote on this proposal? (laughs) I'll vote no. Republicans never met a tax they didn't want to cut unless cutting it would help the American people and a Democratic president. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, you would think that the Republicans would be delighted about Joe Biden calling for a tax cut, but um, not so much. Yep, not so much. President Biden on Wednesday asked Congress to enact a three-month suspension of the federal gasoline tax, that's roughly 18 cents per gallon, and also asked states to suspend their gas taxes or provide some other kind of relief to consumers as a way to temporarily reduce retail gas prices. Retail gas gouging? I fully understand that a gas tax holiday alone is not going to fix the problem, but it will provide families some immediate relief Just a little bit of breathing room as we continue working to bring down prices for the long haul. Breathing room. That's an ironic way to put an incentive to sell more gas. Republicans in Congress are practically giddy, eager to block the concept because they believe paying for Americans at the pump will benefit Republicans politically in the midterm elections. How unlike them. But critics say it doesn't address the root causes of high gasoline prices, which are Russia's invasion of Ukraine, constrained refining capacity, and oil companies price gouging consumers while pulling in record profits. The critics also note oil companies and gas stations can simply pocket most of the money without lowering consumer prices. Biden hit back against Republicans' false claims about his energy policies, noting that domestic production is now higher on average than during the Trump administration. He also noted the oil industry is shoveling profits to shareholders rather than reopening refinery capacity that was shut down during the pandemic. Long-term, suspending the federal gas tax reduces revenue going into the Highway Trust Fund for improving roads and bridges. It all underscores the consequences of America being so very dependent on oil. Yes, it does. And, of course, despite the record high gas prices, AAA says a record number of Americans plan to hit the road for the July 4th weekend. Of course. Also dangerously dependent on fossil fuels is Europe. The International Energy Agency this week warned European leaders to develop contingency plans now in case Russia completely shuts off all natural gas exports this winter. Its director said that Russia's recent reductions in shipments under claims of so-called technical issues are actually, quote, strategic, making it harder for European countries to fill up their gas storage now, increasing Russia's leverage come winter. Yep. In other news, a new study finds that portions of the Arctic are warming five to seven times faster than the rest of the planet, much faster than previously thought due to man-made climate change, which, of course, is caused by burning fossil fuels. The Arctic matters because emerging scientific evidence links Arctic warming to changes in the jet stream, which in turn increase the frequency of blocking patterns that intensify extreme weather in North America, Europe and Asia. 
So climate change is causing the Arctic to warm really fast, and when the Arctic warms really fast, that makes climate change even worse. (laughs) Basically. Hmm. But some good news. Not a moment too soon. The Biden administration has reached an historic agreement with five Native American tribes over the management of the Bears Ears National Monument in Utah. The unprecedented cooperative agreement gives the tribes, who have inhabited the region for centuries, more input in the day-to-day management of the lands. It is a big step in repairing the federal government's relationship with the tribes. Nice. Wasn't that the national monument that Donald Trump tried to pretty much kill? Yes. And finally, a new analysis of the global offshore wind industry by Renewable UK finds that the global boom in offshore wind projects has been, quote, nothing short of staggering, with projects in 2022 that are double the capacity of just one year ago. China has the biggest offshore wind project pipeline in the report, with the UK and the US not too far behind. Well, It's nice to be not too far behind for a change. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. We have been running behind all week. So there you go. Everything comes full circle. And just a reminder, a heads up that any day now, the uh, right-wing Supreme Court is also going to issue an opinion that basically strips the EPA of authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. They may not. They may punt. But, you know, just just be emotionally ready for it to happen. I don't think I can be any more emotionally. I'm done. I'm spent. i got no no emotions left at this point. It has taken Republicans 50 years, but they have finally succeeded in their decades-long efforts to strip people of civil rights, women of bodily autonomy, uh, get ridding, getting rid of pollution and emissions laws. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been a rough week. It has. Uh, we may be down, but we are not out. Nope. Uh, I see no reason to, uh, you know, a lot of people say uh, we, there is no hope. I'm not going to live in a world where there's no hope. No. We are going to continue Why to fight, give it away? whether we Why like not? it or not. And we don't like it, but this is the fight we got. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's get cracking. All right. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen. Thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always greatly appreciated, no matter how dark the day is. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Everything we do, our ability to stay on air and talk about these issues at all and warn you about them is all due to uh, folks like you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate. We could really use your help right now. Bradblog.com slash donate. Stop on by. It would be greatly appreciated. It'll just take a minute of your time. You can drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Bradblog. I will see you there at all of the above. Until we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.